This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. I'm not a big Halloween dude. I think that the movies are like kind of, I'm like, just run away. And Willis. Or I don't know. I haven't seen 90 Day Fiance, but I would hope there's no VFX. There's little VFX. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What is going on, guys? Today is Thursday, August 11th, and we're back with more Pixel Splitters for you. We are. And uh, it is hot, but today we're getting into some stuff. It is hot, and we are hot under the collar. We Yes, I'm we are. I'm throwing puns out here to start <laughs> this off. It's good. I guess that's not a pun, but... No, it's fine. It's, I guess, yeah, it is what Terrible it is. dad jokes. Yeah. Sure. Continue. Uh, so we got some controversial stuff to talk about this week. We're starting it off with the news that Mr. James Franco, someone I didn't really think we would be talking about again this soon, right, is playing Fidel Castro. White boy James Franco. Yep. Playing a Cuban. So. Yes. The Cuban, arguably. (laughs) Yes. So there's a ton to talk about that. Uh, we're then going to go into... Some of the interesting stuff dealing with residuals, especially for TV stuff with streaming, because everything's been shaken up. And Sydney Sweeney, star of one of the many stars of Euphoria, and a lot of like these actors' struggles going on right now with having to pay the bills and not having these residual checks clearing as fast as they would like. The cost Um, structures have changed. They have. And then we are ending it then with. Warner Brothers and HBO Max and all of the absolute mess that they Warner have Warner Brothers Discovery, yeah. <laughs> unfolded on everybody this the past sheer, week. The sheer unending chaos. That like oh man, do I have opinions. Yes, this is going to be an interesting episode. It'll be a little heated. That's punny. There we go. Yes, there you go. <laughs> nice. But before we get into anything, let me just run through these weekly releases really quick here because we got a couple, not too, too many. Theatrical, we've got this movie Fall that's coming out on Friday, which is about people climbing up a tower and falling off of it. That's literally what I gathered. I've seen the trailer. Okay. Looks like a really solid B minus C plus type of thriller. So who knows? Yeah. Something to watch. Uh, we've also got Mac and Rita premiering on Friday. I believe this is a limited release, but who knows? Uh, it's Katie Asselton, or Asselton's uh, directorial, not a debut, but I think it might be her sophomore effort starring Diane Keaton. It's yeah. a comedy. I don't know much about it. It's Diane not Keaton, a person I feel like we haven't seen a lot of recently. No, no, but showing up in a rando indie comedy. So. Yeah. Good for her, I guess. Um, (laughs) And then streaming, we've actually got a a couple of things here. So I was wondering the other day when we were going to get another Marvel show, and I know Andor is a couple weeks out for Star Mm -hmm. Wars, but we got I Am Groot coming, or yesterday, it's here, so like you might have seen it already. I don't know. That's wild. I'm not. First three episodes, right? Probably. I'm not. I don't think. Are you going to watch this? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Um, They're shorts. I think they're only three to five minutes long. I'm okay then. Love that. (laughs) Which is like the weirdest thing for me to try and process. And I think we're getting all of it. Or I think we got all of it yesterday. Okay. But like you're going to knock all of them out in less than half an hour. And yeah. And what's that supposed to tide you over till? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I don't really (laughs) like what, what is this? Uh, who are we aiming at here? Like, really? Young I'm like, kids? I want to say it's for kids. Yeah. But I mean, what? The whole five episodes. So like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. For the whole thing. Kids, kids be done that literally in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I, I can't I can't wrap my head around why unless there's like some huge tie in stepping stone that needs to be like addressed before Guardians 3. You know, where it's like, oh, actually, there's five groups or something like that. That's going to be sure. like, yeah, here's. But like, you can't even set that up in 15. I don't, it seems no. it seems like one of those things that somebody at Disney pitched oh, at yeah. some point. And they were like, yeah, all right. People like Groot. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Baby Groot. Uh, here's a team of four. Yeah. Like, knock yourself out. Yeah. 
I wonder, it's curious because it's like, it's, it is baby Groot. Yeah. How long has it been since we had baby Groot? You know what I mean? Like it was baby Groot in guardians like two and game. No, it was teenage Groot then. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what the heck? Oh, maybe I will watch this then. Yeah. I mean, guardians two was like 2017. So I guess it's only been like five years, but like, but that's a long time. And but Marvel so years. weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so 40 weird. movies. <laughs> 15 minutes is fine, so I guess I'll check it out. Yeah. It we'll have it watched is. it by the time this recording comes out, so yes. maybe we'll so. follow up. We'll just crop this whole part out. But yeah, what else uh, What else is coming out on streaming, Josh? Because we're, we're getting tied up here. We're in it. We're in it. Uh, even when it's not about Marvel, it's about Marvel. So Lock and Key, also new season premiered yesterday on Netflix. So any of you Lock and Key fans, you got more of that. We got Day Shift dropping tomorrow, which is a Jamie Foxx vehicle. It's one of those Marvel. It's one of those um, Marvel. It's one of those Netflix movies that was in their like upcoming slate that they premiered, and I'll probably watch it. I, I don't know. Who, who knows? We then have Secret Headquarters premiering on Paramount Plus. The Owen Wilson little kid comedy that looks exactly like the Adam Project, starring the kid from the Adam Project. Yeah. So that it's probably gonna be bad. Isn't Mark Ruffalo in this or something? Like someone else. Michael Pena. Is, Pena's in this. I yeah. like Michael Pena. Nah, yeah. Okay. All right. And yeah, that's one of those. It feels very um, sky high. You remember that? Yeah. You know, back oh, in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's, you know. Okay. Sky high for the new gen. Sure. I've seen Animal the trailer. I'm, I'm in board. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then we're going to wrap it all up with a League of Their Own show premiering tomorrow on Amazon Prime, Which created we, by Abby Jacobson. Yeah, and we just got a trailer for this. Yeah. Like three days ago, four days ago. And like, yeah, same thing we were talking about last week. And here it is. Here it is. Sandman, League of Their Own. Here we go. Yeah. I actually just watched A League of Their Own, uh, the movie. Oh. And like after seeing this trailer, I was like, I want to watch that movie. Or to the point. My wife was like, do you want to watch that movie? And I was like, yes. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, all of the things on this streaming release, I'm like, how is this here already? Yep. Because I've just heard about most of this. Mm-hmm. I think I Am Groot, we just got our first look at Comic-Con a few weeks ago. Yep. So, uh, yeah, crazy. Secret Headquarters trailer premiered like a week and a half, two weeks yep. ago. Yep. I've, I don't know. It's it's Things are moving fast, folks, and we're going to talk about that today. So let's get right into this episode here. Yes. So James Franco, the James guy, Franco. at one point was the darling of Hollywood. Either Hosted like, this the is Oscars. The guy. Yeah, this is the guy. Yeah. He's in he's in dramas, he's in comedies, he's in superhero stuff, he's everywhere. Let's just get this yeah. guy. And then turns out he's a scumbag, and he's yeah, not he a good person. Sucks. And he's a, he's, he's, he's a groomer, and allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, I don't want to get sued here, but... He allegedly is a bad person, and so in the same vein of all of this, you know, Me Too stuff going on, and a lot of people coming out um, yeah. and speaking out for themselves, I didn't think that we were going to see James Franco again, maybe at all, if yeah. especially not year a couple years later, you know? Yeah. And lo and behold, not only is he in a movie coming out, but he he's actually in a couple coming out, but he's playing Fidel Castro. He's he's found a way to make it even more controversial. Um is yeah. This the plan? Was this a plan well, to draw I, hype for this movie? It can't. I, I, like, so now people are going to have to see it. To, like, to spell it out completely, uh, Fidel Castro, uh, Cuban, yeah. uh, James Franco, severely not. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the whitest <laughs> as you can get. Um, yeah. And there's been a big outrage from the Latino community saying, like, the fuck? You couldn't find a. a Cuban American actor to play Fidel Castro. Yeah. Like Did really you try. <laughs> like I even can't, I like, it, I can't wrap my brain in any capacity around where this, like it's not 1992 guys. Like, no, we just watched prey, which had a full cast of legitimately indigenous people. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But like you can't find Cuban Americans to, I, the, the mind boggles. I don't, I can't, I can't. So basically what's been happening is both Fidel Castro's actual daughter, 
Alina, who this story is mostly based off of. It's it's called Alina of Cuba. So it's yeah. essentially going to be her story. And Castro is going to be, or Fidel is going to be kind of like a smaller part in it. She's come out and said, like, yeah, I'm for this. Uh, I think this is going to work. The producer of the film has come out. Because basically, John Leguizamo, the great John Leguizamo, has yes. came out and stated, like, basically what we just said. Like, what the heck? Like, why would you do this? Yeah, are like, you kidding this me? Is, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. And he wasn't saying, like, anything about James. He actually made a point of saying, like, you know, I'm not going not gonna to speak to this guy. It's more of just, like, there's a whole group of people here who this, the, the, the direct demographic is this. And we yeah. could fill this this hole. And then the producer came out and basically said, like, that, and this is such a weird thing that he said, like, I'll read the quote. He stated, the reality of the ignorance piece falls within his statement, he's referring to Leguizamo's statement, of within his statement suggests his personal view on being Latino is based around a landmass or a living area and does not determine a person's blood history or genetics. So basically, like, anyone can be Latino if they're from that area, essentially, of which Franco is still not from that area. So I'm yeah. it, it's one of those things where I'm like I get it. I think they're trying to say that being a, Lat- a Latinx person is more of like a it's not just this type of person, it's a culture, which I'm like that doesn't change sure. that Franco doesn't fall into that at all. <laughs> yeah, but you don't just get to like appropriate that because because like that's the thing I'm like see here's the thing is like this is what your movie's about yeah, now. This is it. You know what I mean? No one cares about the story anymore. No one cares about whatever message you were trying to get across in the story. It's about you cast a white guy as a, a Cuban. not just any white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's why I'm like, is this a play? Is this is this a meme? Is this a troll? Are we being trolled? Is this just so people talk about this movie? Because like, how this is a fumble times two, and then doubling well, it's, down. It's um, it's Emma Stone from. What was that? Aloha? I don't even know. I don't. Aloha? It was a Cameron Crowe movie from a few years was she back. Playing a native Hawaiian? Yeah, she plays a a, a Hawaiian. No, oh, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't know if she was Hawaiian or she was supposed to be like partially uh, Filipino. I want to say pale redhead Emma. But Stone? like, it's Emma Stone. Like. And they were like, there was all this same kind of argument of like, well, you know, like there are people, there are white people that live in the Philippines or like, and you're like, okay, yeah, fine. Like you can make an argument like that. This person could potentially exist. Sure. Sure. That argument doesn't happen when you're talking about Fidel Castro, because we all know that he's He's not a (laughs) pale ass white boy. Yeah. But like, that was the whole thing. The fallout from Aloha was that like, yeah, like you couldn't find someone of that actual ethnicity to, and like it's been repeated over and over again. And I'm like, how are we still having this mm-hmm. conversation? Aloha was 2015. Yeah. yeah. Seven years That's- ago. Like, and we're still sitting here like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't. And I, I haven't, the, the first thing I read, and I feel like I shouldn't bring this up because I haven't been able to source <laughs> it, but like the first thing I, I read about it had something to do with, uh, James Franco's cheekbones were the same as Fidel sure, Castro's. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess. guess. Have you seen House of Gucci? Like, do you think that's what Jared Leto looks like? Like, prosthetics are a art in their own right. I, I just, I, there's no argument that works no. in this. No, there, it's it actually boggles the mind. This one, especially because they're basically it doubling really down and saying like, "Yes, no, no, we didn't do this on accident." Like he's he's the perfect person for this role. He is Fidel Castro. I'm yeah, like, I just maybe he is, but like this is and I just <laughs> and they went with actors who like for Alina, the daughter. They're using Anna Viafanye, who is like who's been praised as being a trailblazer for the Latinx community in the entertainment industry. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it does matter, but, but only partially. Yeah. Like what's the, the arguments are terrible. Yeah. I don't know how to, so we'll see where this goes. I mean, like, I feel like it's not going to stick. I feel like this will fall out of the, uh, the mindset. And then in like, three months we'll hear like oh actually james franco due to scheduling conflicts yeah is not has uh, dropped out of uh... playing fidel castro anymore <laughs> yeah 
But then everybody knows about the movie. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, is this a ploy? Are we being played right now? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. James Franco, man. Just like, go away. Yes, agreed. Like, it's not even like, I can't even make the argument of like, okay, but like, James Franco is a really good actor who's going to bring this role to life. Like, you can't even make that argument. Like, he's, he's fine. good, yeah. sure, but like, he's not some tour. Like, 127 hours was yeah fine could have been done better yep. by somebody else yep yep you know and you could probably apply that to any of his roles save for maybe pineapple express sure sure you know which is yeah but oh my god we'll see i'm gonna watch the hell out oh of this my movie. god james franco <laughs> i don't even know if it will like if it will get me because like not for nothing like Fidel Castro, not really a person to glorify. True. True. Maybe that's why they wanted Franco to play him. It's <laughs> <laughs> method acting being a shit person. Um, speaking of acting. Sure. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Sydney Sweeney. Let's do it. And her recent comments about how um, she's having a hard time paying her bills. I guess. Yes. Despite being a, uh, I believe two time Emmy nominee, um, star really kind of, I think breakout star of euphoria. hundred um, percent. They've had a couple, but and she's the, the white Lotus. One. Yeah. Yeah. Basically talking about how as an actor, the money that she gets paid isn't necessarily enough for her to live, uh, and keep her bills paid in LA. So there's a lot to unpack here. The whole conversation sort of has to be taken with a grain of salt in that, like, she's saying this after purchasing a five million dollar house. So, like, yeah, you know, she's doing well enough to do that. But I, she, I get it. Yeah, I understand. The bigger point that we're trying to to get at is uh, that all the shows that Sydney Sweeney has been a part of, Euphoria and White Lotus, uh, are streaming shows, uh, which have a very different, shall we say, pricing structure than traditional films or traditional uh tv yes definitely so do you want to josh do you want to give us a breakdown of of what's going on here yeah so i mean basically a big way for tv actors um to make money is through residuals because they get a big paycheck up front for the production and then afterwards for reruns and as long as you know things stay on the air they'll get essentially royalty checks from these things. And that's a, a contract that yeah. they've worked out with the studios beforehand. But now, because of streaming, it's the Wild West again. And all of these things are not really set in stone or written into contracts. So, of course, the streamers and the production companies are going to take advantage of their talent while they don't have to pay them as much as they should yeah. be. Which is what's happening now. Yeah. Um, and... It really sucks. This we talked about VFX last week. Same deal. Like it's just not these people are the reason that these things get made and they're getting screwed. You know. Yeah. And so at this point, what it boils down to is if you're on a TV show that's going straight to a streamer, your rate is essentially like your residual rate is based off of how much you get paid at the beginning, and then how many subscribers. Mm -hmm that specific streamer has. So if like you do a Shutter original show or like a 2B show, I mean, you're not pulling yeah. Netflix dollars out of that because they don't have the numbers. Yeah. Um now to say it, you know, if they get more subscribers, sometimes the contracts will be good enough to where you get a little bit of a bump when that happens. But I sure. don't think these new guys, like if we're talking about Sweeney and Angus Cloud and Jacob Elordi from from Euphoria, I'm like, I don't think they they know enough to be like, well, this contract sure. doesn't make any sense. Why am I not getting paid this? Because they're new. Yeah. Well, and they they have like lawyers and agents and and whatever. Yeah. Like business managers and whatnot. But also, I think the general understanding of how streaming can be most profitable for an actor is mm -hmm. not terribly well understood. No, you know, because I mean, we've like we were saying with VFX, like we've said before with uh, the WGA, these contracts and the, the industry as a whole is not set up. No, to be beneficial, I'll say for 
everyone involved. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's going to get eventually get smacked down to like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, you, you can't not pay us for this or you can't pay us shitty wages just because you're a streamer. Like mm -hmm. that'll correct. But right. Yeah. Now we're in a place where it's like, yeah. I mean, you, you think of, uh, like the friends crew, Yeah, you know, like David Schwimmer and, and, um, uh, Lisa Kudrow and Courtney Cox and <laughs> Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know why David Schwimmer is like, oh yeah, friends, David Schwimmer. Sure. The one that's like been in one thing in the past Ross 10 years. Friends. Uh, yeah. I love it. Seriously. Don't all of the rest of them have other shows except for. They've David all had anyway. multiple shows. Yeah. Yeah. But you think of, uh, you think of like the friends crew and like they were negotiating things where they were getting like a million dollars to an episode. And then, you know, X points on, you know, uh, I don't want to say restreams. It's the word I'm looking for. Um, syndication syndication. Yeah. Like, and you know, those, that group, if they didn't want to, would never have to work again and money would still continually yeah. pour in, but there's no force behind these shows right now. That's, pushing that same kind of thing. Yeah. Like I would love to see what the contracts, what the payment contracts for the stranger things kids same. are, because I'll bet it's in the same kind of thing of like, yeah, they're making money. And you know, if they make more money when Netflix's subscriber base increases, cool. But like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like most of them are probably in a place where they'll be like, yeah, I could probably, you know stranger things is a different but, but like i'm saying that and i'm i as i'm saying it i'm like i'm making insane assumptions based on outdated models of like yeah i assume yeah stranger things is a huge thing i assume these kids are getting paid the kids they're like 20 yeah uh, now they're 20 are getting you know <laughs> paid substantially but maybe yeah. not you know what i mean like yeah who knows um like it's not even the same as Game of Thrones was right before you yeah. know streaming really took off. Like that's it's it's yeah. Like is Emil Clark set for life? I don't know. Who knows? You know, yeah. is uh, Kit Harrington? I don't know. Like yeah, especially since syndication, it doesn't exist. Like like reruns. What is that? Well, like syndicate, you... I mean, you're not getting like there's not going to be a point where Stranger Things is going to be playing on TNT. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be like, oh, well, we sold the rights to this, you know, beeline cable channel that's going to like right. run Stranger Things at two in the morning. and You'll get, right. you know, $1,000 for every <laughs> episode that's, you know, whatever. Right. So it's like a weird, it's a weird world that we're landing in now. Yeah. And... The interesting thing that I want to touch on with this is mm -hmm. Sydney Sweeney's big thing is I can't just survive on acting, which is why I take other gigs. Like endorsements and like is why Yeah, why I do commercials, why I do endorsements, why I do this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting concept to explore because is that just what being in Hollywood, being physically in Hollywood has to mean now second part to that question if you can't survive in la on acting alone anymore can you survive on acting alone and just not be in la that those are two very good questions um <sighs> putting you on the spot josh go well and it's hard because like i think you can I know people who act in LA now who can survive and they aren't yeah. as famous as Sydney Sweeney. So it's like you can do it. I think that there needs to be a line drawn where it's like you can't be a mega celebrity and do it. Yeah. Like you can do it. Like if you just live in some like studio apartment in like, you know, Santa Monica, no, not Santa Monica, but like I don't yeah. know. Like somewhere that's not right in the middle of LA. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can do that for sure. Like, that's not a problem. It's weird because I don't know where to go with this because I'm like, yes, yeah. you definitely can do it. Like, if you were on Euphoria and didn't spend a ton of money, well, like, yeah. you could do it. Like, I think, I just, well, I think the thing that happens and like the thing that she was touching on, a thing that is gonna make, I think, most people go, okay, Sydney Sweeney, is like, the cost of being like a star and not like a top tier sure. A-lister, like, you know, Julia Roberts doesn't have these problems, uh, but like a notable star mm -hmm. and the baggage that 
that comes across comes with sure. yeah can eat up a acting paycheck easily when when we're talking totally. about having a publicist and having a business manager and having a et cetera et cetera, et cetera, Agent, et cetera. totally when you're te- Not, when you yeah. have to employ a team of 12 to like make sure you stay at your level sure yeah, totally so it's like one of those you know yeah like if you're an actor and you're in LA or you're a filmmaker and you're in LA and mm-hmm. you're like doing good like sustaining like rock and roll like yeah like mm-hmm. and you know you can find an affordable apartment I assume mm-hmm. I don't live in LA. I don't know. But like find an affordable apartment, <laughs> like maintain, can do. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But is there like a level to which you're going to hit a point where that just like the cost benefit ratio just flips and you're like, well, got to find other steps now. I think there is definitely a tipping point there. Yeah. Yeah. Tipping point is a good word. But in that same vein, if you hit that tipping point, can you make the choice of, well, okay, I got to start doing endorsements. You know, I got to do a perfume commercial. Can you make the choice of I'm going to do that or I'm going to move out of LA and I'm at this certain level that I will still get work mm-hmm. and they'll just send me wherever I need to go. Right. Or I'll send myself like, it's the thing where I think Sydney Sweeney is a good marker for this because she's famous but she's not yeah. overly famous. Like, if you don't watch Euphoria, you don't know who who Sydney Sweeney is, really. You know. Yeah. Um. Now, most people have at least heard of Euphoria, so you have some sure. reference for who these people are. Well, and she's but, gonna be in Madam Web. She's like coming into the superhero world, so like, right? So, her star power will only increase. the The question, the the example I want to bring up here is, um, Jeff Daniels, um, yeah. of Dumb and Dumber, lives in Michigan. Yeah. Like lives in Chelsea, Michigan for like the past 10 years, I want to say maybe, maybe five, six, seven years. Yeah, dude. And like, you know, is going to have a way better cost of living. And again, Jeff Daniels, I think is in a higher tier than Sydney Sweeney is going to be. But like I'm using for an example kind of thing. Yeah. He can go there and be like, yeah, like if you want me to come act in something like hire me and I will fly to LA or I will fly yeah. to Atlanta or I will fly to New York or I will fly mm-hmm. to Detroit or well, drive to Detroit. But like the world that we're in right now doesn't necessarily require you to live in LA. Yes. To exist on that level. Right. I don't know where I'm really trying to like land on this, but I'm like, that's the interesting thing is like, I guess has just LA this is going to be an insane statement that I'm going to say right now, but like, has LA just become like a weird, I don't even know how to phrase this. Cause I'm like, of course, like, ex- of course it is, but has LA just become a weird thing of like top tier stuff either has to like spend a ton of money to live in LA or go live somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, duh. I, yeah. Yeah. But also like there's, there's such this like false sense of magic when you get to Los Angeles. Cause it's like Hollywood and la la mm-hmm. land. And, and it's just not that really anymore. And I think that like, I don't like paparazzi photos from LA. I'm like, who even lives around? Yeah. There? Like so many people have left to either go like down South to Texas or honestly, like a ton of actors live in new England, like just yeah. in New Hampshire and mass, like a ton of people have houses here. And it's like, yeah, cause it's way cheaper and who cares? Just take a, five-hour flight to LA if you absolutely need to or you know probably not you can just zoom in on a conference call like you don't have to be there exactly like if you're gonna like how many productions are done in LA these days anyway probably nowhere near what it once was and like if you have to find an act if you have to fly an actor to set what does it matter where they're it's probably cheaper to fly them from Michigan definitely you know um yeah so it's like I guess are we saying am I saying trying to figure out what the hell I'm saying (laughs) that like LA is the place to grow your career, but the point of your career wherein it doesn't matter anymore is lower than it's ever been. I feel like is what I'm getting at. Yeah. That tracks. We're like, like I, I 100% believe that Sydney Sweeney could move to uh, Atlanta Mm -hmm. or Boston or, you know, Phoenix or yeah. Juno, Juno, Alaska. Um, 
I'm, sure. Let Juno actually let's use Juno as an example. Like she could move move to Juno, Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> and like I don't think it would be a big hit to her career. No. Because who cares where she lives? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like I know I I know she's on Euphoria. I don't know where she resides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, I I fly to L.A. to shoot Euphoria for three months, then and then back. I'm out. Yeah. Cost me four hundred dollars a month to live in Juno or whatever. Yeah, right. I can a five million dollar house comes with you know four hundred acres of land. Right. I don't know. I just don't. I like I, weirdly. I feel like I'm like I don't even get like what you're doing, man. Like yeah, what, man, lady, uh, Sydney Sweeney. Like you know, just like yeah. do just you like just do you literally? Yeah. Like don't worry about all this nonsense. Why would you buy a house in L.A.? Like I understand. Like, I get it because that's where, quote unquote, it all happens. But that's not true anymore. I think living in Los Angeles isn't really a benefit. Really. Because, like, if you're doing Marvel, guess what? She's going to Atlanta anyway. Like, so, like, guess what? You're going to a soundstage. Well, it's Sony Marvel, but. Okay, sure. So, where are they? She's still Atlanta, probably. (laughs) Probably Atlanta, yeah. Um, So, it's like, yeah, saving yourself the, the airfare you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there, like it doesn't seem like that big of a, of an ask yeah. to save yourself $5 million on a house. Like, <laughs> I mean, and like, it's one of those, like, I get it. Cause I did live in New York for so long and I'm like, yeah, yeah like there's a, there's a draw that you're like, well, this is where the real world is. Sure. But like, but also like, it doesn't have, like it's just what even meetings. is the it's, real, I know world. it's all zoom meetings. These like, yeah, you know, we've said this on this podcast before of, the times when it was like, oh, I ran into this person at a party and that became that and that became that is like, I'm sure it still happens to some degree, but also like also happens probably as much on Twitter definitely. or on Instagram. You know what I mean? TikTok. Definitely. Yeah. Like there's like it's all I don't know. We're just I feel like I'm just turning into old man yells at cloud. So <laughs> but it's a confusing one. Um streaming it's 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 weird it's made things confusing yeah to come back to yeah like streamers should pay their actors a legitimate salary yeah correctly yes (laughs) to come back yeah yes (laughs) regardless of how much or little sydney sweeney makes yes she deserves to get paid accordingly yes (laughs) now speaking of streamers and uh bad things that they've been doing i guess all right are we getting into it we're gonna get into it it's not going to be as long of a convo. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so we'll see. Warner Brothers, HBO Max, they've been going through some change-ups, some shake-ups recently, and they've been kind of hitting us one after the well, other. Well, okay. Warner Brothers. Yes. Parent company, Warner Brothers. Yes. HBO subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Yes. Warner Brothers in the spring merged with discovery i think it was last year actually i think it started last year but i don't think it went through until like march gotcha yeah so hbo and discovery merged which led to a changing of the ceos too yes discovery ceo uh david's uh zasloff zasloff yeah comes in comes in uh and is taking control of the warner brothers content slate Mm-hmm. But let's start with Batgirl. I think that's where we, that's the the tipping point that everyone kind of went, oh, something's real is going on here. Yes, something unsavory. So tell us, tell us what happened with Batgirl, Josh. So Batgirl, if you didn't know, it was slated to come out next year um, and hasn't just been canceled it's been completely shelved. Like it's yes. it's it's ninety plus percent done. Like mm-hmm. they're well into their finalizing stages of post, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers has shelved it. Never, probably never to ever see the light of day. Not I think go legally can't see the light of day at this point. But we'll get into yeah, that. yeah. Can't, not never going to streaming. Never going nope. to theaters. Um, Was originally intended direct for streaming. Yes. 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 Um. And it's just gone. It's gone, which means all of these people's hard work and that they've been working on for like a year and plus uh, is all gone to waste. And also like yeah. it's it's 
odd, and I don't think this is the optic. I, I think the optics weren't what they were worried about, but like this was made by two Moroccan Muslim men, mm-hmm. the two who actually spearheaded, directed, and created Miss Marvel, Marvel, which yep. I think both of us liked quite a bit. Yeah. Um, starring uh, a Latina, Leslie Grace, as the first woman a Latina woman to star in a DC hero movie mm-hmm. and Ivory Aquino as like one of the first trans actors to ever play a role in these movies at all. And so there's a lot of firsts yeah. going on here, a lot of diversity and like just n- none, like n- no, not, not getting pushed, not getting, and this is coming yeah. off of them not saying a word about the flash, which I think is yeah. what well, everyone's getting. And the, about. the other thing worth noting is Batgirl to a degree, a cornerstone of the re-kicking off of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Michael Keaton's Batman returning. And mm-hmm. the way I understand it is Michael Keaton's Batman uh, was to be like a Nick Fury-esque character in the mm-hmm. DCEU. Had scenes in the new Aquaman, had scenes in Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, had scenes in a couple other things, I think, around... Like, was supposed to be, like, a major, like, here we go. Yep. And now they've shelled Batgirl, and Michael Keaton's scenes in Aquaman are being reshot with Ben Affleck because that's the Batman that they know. So, like, wild redistribution of plans for the DCEU. Yeah. Plans for, like, Batgirl. Like, it... All of these characters. Crazy. It's like... <laughs> And here's the thing, I get the vibe that David Zaslav couldn't give a fuck. He does not care at all. Doesn't either. care about optics. It's a purely financial and it's decision. Tough. Purely. And it's tough. Like the optics, like we've like you said, are terrible. But the financial background on what's going on with this merger. Yeah. Is a whole nother conversation. It is. It is. So the reason yeah. the reason that they're shelving Batgirl, and I will try not to get too I will try not to get too technical because if I try and get too technical, I will get completely lost in tax law. And like but basically there it costs ninety million dollars to make Batgirl. Uh and David Zaslov is using that and shelving it to make it a tax write down, which yes. basically means it's a lost asset mm-hmm. that they can deduct on their taxes next year. Yes. The big key piece of information that has to be noted here is Warner Brothers Discovery, which is the new name of the the merged company. So bad. Took a loss of three point four billion dollars in the last quarter. Yes. In the last three months. That's a billion dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's brutal, which like merging companies cost a lot of money. It does. Sure. Um, Their projections are like nowhere near what they wanted to be. And one of David Zaslav's big things when he was at Discovery was like fiscal responsibility and like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cetera, blah, 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 blah. So the Batgirl and also Scoob, the animated series. Yeah. Um, that has also been shelved, not series, uh, sequel, mm-hmm. um, cartoon, movie, uh, has also been shelved. Although, did you see the article that they're still recording the score because yes. they'd already paid for all the musicians and all the stage time? So they're like, like well, well I guess we're making a score for Scoob. Sure. Like, I'll listen to it. So Batgirl and Scoob are probably the most notable cuts that they that he's made. So far. But in the past couple months, they've also shut down CNN Plus. Which is part of that, which is like was like launched in March. So it lasted like a month. I think you can yeah, arguably count it in weeks the number of yeah. amount of time that, that CNN Plus lasted. Shorter than Quibi, um, so <laughs> shorter than Quibi, yeah. And like they completely gutted TNT and TBS. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like they're just like cutting everything down. And David Zaslov has been very specific of like there are certain things that we see as beneficial mm-hmm. to the company and certain things that we see as not. Um, and streaming seems to be one of those big things that they're like, that's not beneficial because both those Batgirl and Scoob were meant to go directly to streaming. Yeah. And that's, that's, and I guess there was a conversation of sending Batgirl to 
to theaters mm-hmm. doing a theatrical release. They didn't want to do the marketing and. But yeah, you do the marketing and supposedly, million, yeah. yeah, and supposedly like the the test screenings were really really bad and like would have required additional kind of funds to do reshoots and things like that. So like financially, I can get not get behind. I can see. I, I get it. I do get the it. The argument. Yeah. Yeah. But my big question is, is this going in a good direction? Mm. Because I get, okay, like, Mm. yeah, you bled money for a quarter and like, you got to cut that shit, you know? Uh, He seems to have a a big fascination with actual theatrical releases. That's all he talked about in the earnings call. It was like, yeah, oh yeah, we're going to focus on things that have theatrical profitability. Mm -hmm. Which, sure, I think he mentioned Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman as, like, the most bankable franchises that they have. Um, Not franchises, but uh, DC properties that they have. Which, like, I guess... They made a lot of money. Like, not successful, but they made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like... it's not hard to imagine a Batman movie or a Superman movie or a Wonder Woman movie that breaks the billion dollar mark. Oh God, no. yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm on board with that. 100%. I get it. But he seems to be thinking that at the cost of thinking about streaming. Yeah, which is where I take issue because the streaming is where we're going, man. You know. I, where where are you on this, Josh? I'm like, I I have been struggling with this yeah. <laughs> for a week of like, no, dude, like, I get it, the numbers, sure, but like, I don't, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I mean, really, like, the big quote I pulled from the whole thing was the idea um, of expensive films going direct to streaming, we, we can't find an economic case for it like that's the main thing he's like we can't financially see why this benefits us which i'm like i guess but at the same time like you said streaming is for sure the future regardless like theaters will be here but it's got to be a there's got to be a you know give and take here and streamers regardless i mean he's got a 70 80 million 80 million subscriber base it's like that is 15 dollars a month from each person yeah. every month. And that's just HBO. Just HBO. And once they merge that in Discovery, which I don't know how they're yeah. going to do, like maybe make it one account well, or whatever, but. Yeah, I would assume, well, that'll be an make interesting it thing. More expensive, it, maybe? Well, <laughs> the chaos of HBO Max, of HBO's streaming platform, like continues. You know, they yeah. had HBO Go and HBO Now. Oh, dude before hbo max took hold which like hbo max took hold like what like a year and a half ago yeah if that yeah like 2020 like late 2020 i want to say yeah i get it his mindset sucks because he's not talking about making good stuff that's good tea up because that's literally actually just where my brain went of like good because that's what here's the thing like david zaslov is coming from discovery which and i'm gonna try my best to be open-minded here but like the stuff on Discovery is, I've used this term before, much more lowest common denominator. Yep. Than straight up than the stuff that HBO creates. Straight up, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they put out a graph of where is it? I have it here. Of what in their in their uh, investor call, they had a slide mm-hmm. in their presentation that was the global powerhouse that is HBO that is Warner brother discovery mm-hmm. and it had their brands, their franchises, their iconic series and characters and their international appeal. I won't run mm-hmm. through that whole thing. Brands, HBO, duh, discovery, duh, CNN, apparently not important. HGTV, which is like a th- big thing that discovery does that I think whatever Sure. <laughs> franchises. We talked about Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Uh, the next one after those three was shark week. Is that a franchise? Okay. Sure. The next one after that was Game of Thrones. So we went from Shark Week to Game of Thrones. Which is no longer on. And then after that, we went to 90 Day Fiance. Mm. Or, I'm sorry, the 90 Day Fiance universe. Sure. Which I think 90 Day Fiance has a couple shows. I don't know. I've never watched any of it. I've never seen one episode. But, like, the, the concept of 
Game of Thrones versus 90 Day Fiance. Like, and I'm not even like arguing about the quality, I guess, although I am like, (laughs) I fully admit there are people that are going to love 90 Day Fiance. People that do love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's huge. I think there's something like 3 million viewers per episode of that show. Yeah. Insane. It's massive. Yeah. In terms of storytelling and quality of filmmaking, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a reason that. Like, that show is much, 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 much cheaper to create. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. as opposed to Game of Thrones in that, like, you know, there's no VFX. Or I don't know. I haven't seen, uh, you know, 90 Day Fiance, but Very I would hope little there's VFX. no VFX. Yeah. <laughs> Set design. like Yeah. You know, but like, that's the kind of thing. And like, looking at this list, the things that are coming from Discovery Plus are notably cheaper to create a lot of reality a lot of reality and you get things like well and then they follow 90 day fiance with the harry potter universe which you know so we went game of thrones 90 day fiance harry potter sure okay and then they have their iconic series and that's friends fixer upper the big bang theory property brothers uh diners drive-ins and dives and sex in the city which is like a roller coaster of emotion um that i literally can't even like map in my brain should be noted in that list that diners drive-ins and dives is guy fieri's show hell yeah it is flavor town baby yeah uh so there's so much that falls under this it's warner media discovery that's what it, the actual name is yes. we've been saying warner brothers yes it's warner media discovery there's so much that falls under this umbrella mm-hmm. and i think the biggest thing that kind of scares me is that the guy who's running all of it is coming from the world. It's like, let's make things cheap. Let's make things fast. Let's do profitable. Yeah. Profitable, easy to like. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of stuff like, like how many Soderbergh movies came out in the past, like three years. I think four, I think he yeah. did four movies. Like that's something that like, probably would get straight up scrapped now like not well, theaters so the, not streaming the, the prime <laughs> example i have is in warner media discovery's world there's no fucking chance in hell that the snyder cut happens no way like not no, no way no way not a chance in no hell. way you know that was like 70 million dollars in reshoots and they released it on streaming in black and white mm-hmm. in 43 for 4 like hours there's n- <laughs> for 4 hours there's literally nothing about that that's like oh yes this will be profitable it's literally just like here's fan and like that's what HBO and Warner Brothers has been kind of going for yes of like let's give the people what they want exactly and like you know, we, we like HBO Max has been steeped in or in Warner Brothers has been steeped in controversy for the past like five years. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? I mean, like you, you even you tie into their whole like we're going to release everything same day, mm-hmm. you know, with like uh, Kong and Suicide or not Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal and Kombat, Suicide Squad yeah. and Mortal Kombat and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Like never happened. That's not happening anymore. Never. In fact. No more 45-day window at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> Which is a whole other thing. Like, <laughs> because... Yeah, well, that's... Cr- like, I get the feeling... And I may have already said this. I don't remember. But I get the feeling that David Zaslav just, like, loves movies. Really? Maybe... Okay, maybe not loves movies, but loves the theatrical experience. Sure. Sure. Because that's what he's all about. He's, like, th- big movies big theater release as long as possible. Like let's go back to, you know, 2015 models. But, or is he looking at Top Gun made a billion dollars in two months? Is he looking at minions just crossed $900 million in less than a month? Like, is he looking at that more and saying like the Batman, if we had just done it fully, fully in theaters, maybe it could have hit like 800 million or something. I don't know how much it made, but like, yeah, I I feel like it's more of like, Oh, look at, Doctor Strange hit a billion. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So what you're saying is I could make yeah. up this three billion deficit with three movies this year. I think yeah. that's more of what he's thinking. Maybe I'm, and it's I don't a thing that it. like, yeah, Batgirl's not gonna do that, right? Like it, we already spent ninety million, and I think you're right with the tax write down. It's like we can call this like losses basically 
Yeah. And that's going to be way more beneficial than if this movie makes $200 million. Like, that's not going to even make a dent. Like, we'll yeah. make that every month. I, you know? Like, he doesn't buy into the, like, more subscribers equals better mentality. Right. Which, like, and that's where I land on all of this, I think, is, like, I can get behind that mentality. Sure. Because I love theater stuff. Yeah. Like, I love when movies come out in theaters, but I'm also, like, I don't know if that's the world that we still live in. No. Because I haven't, I've, I think, been to the theater twice this year. Yeah, and it was, what, strange? And, and it's August. Yeah, yeah it is uh, August. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, it's, like, I'm just, and I think I am, like, a lot of people in the world. It's You're like, the yeah, majority. Just, yeah, there's just so much that's coming at me right now that I'm, like, I suppose I'll go for the tentpole stuff, but like but even that, like Thor, like you just, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like it's it's Top just gun, slipping yeah. further and further away from me. That I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. A lot of people are in that position, and it's like it's a weird thing. We can tie into one last thing here, and then okay. and then wrap it up. But like, do you think so? They're talking about they're gonna do some kind of merge between HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Yeah. <laughs> They're so similar. Do you think well that's do you think there are subscribers that overlap from those two? Yes, but like not a lot. Like I don't know like, one person who has Discovery Plus. <laughs> yeah, like that like I'm like am I as an HBO Max subscriber if this gets folded in and I'm like all right, I have to pay like you know, some reasonable say it's some reasonable number. I have yeah. to pay like $3 a month more or whatever. Am I going to watch any discovery plus content i i'm at hbo max for dc and game of thrones and all the hbo originals and you know we'll say harry potter and we'll say succession um yeah success yeah yeah like good stuff um, (laughs) i don't imagine that i'm gonna like be like oh well now i'm so happy i can stream every episode of property brothers yeah i've never seen one you know, one minute of Property Brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I have watched. Like, I have watched. There was a time when I had cable for a while, and I sure. was like, "Oh, Property Brothers, sure, it's on. I, it, okay." <laughs> I won't change the channel. <laughs> but again, also that was like what six years ago that I'm like exactly. I don't like those are the shows that I'm like that is cable. That's uh, it's on. Let me just yeah. not change the channel. Is somebody willing yeah. to? Apparently, they do. But like someone's actually clicking on property brothers and like watching it like bro that's that's the question yeah is it like did yeah i mean mm, i'm sure people do is anyone is yeah is anyone watching it intently does anyone have the same focus on property brothers that they have on succession right it's like there's a level to which it's more of a background show because it's the same structure over and over and over again i i don't know it's debatable. It's like one of those things. If they come out and it's like, you know, HBO Max is. I think it's like 15. I, I want to say with ads. So, okay. We'll say with ads, HBO Max is 10 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. 15. It was Okay. HBO Max, 15 bucks a month. If they come back and they're like, you can't do HBO Max anymore. You can do Warner Media Discovery Plus. Yikes. Which, God, I hope they come. Yeah. And it's 35 bucks. WMD Plus. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, but, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's, here's the cost of like these two massive services that you're getting together. So it's like, yeah, it's 30 bucks. Whoa. You know, crazy. So it's worth it. <laughs> no fucking way am I in hell. Am I paying 30 bucks a month for each? Like, and that no shot. pains me. That's pains me because I watch a lot of stuff on HBO. I watch a ton. Yeah. But like, that's too much for half of the content that I don't care about. And that like, I possibly, I suppose I could end up finding some random discovery show that I'm like, Oh, I could get on board with that. Sure. You know, I think it's more likely that my wife finds something on there that she's like, yeah, I want to watch, uh, what is it? Um, Magnolia. Oh yeah. Um, the chip and Joanna Gaines. That's part of this fixer upper. That's what it is. Um, that's folded into this, my wife would sign on up on that. And like, you know, I suppose I would watch that from time to time, but it's not enough to, it's all going to be about the price point. Justifying $30. Mm. Yeah. There's no service. Even justifying 
20 bucks. Yeah, that's even so high. I, yeah, it's, it's, and it's got to be something because, like, as we've been saying, they're drowning yeah. in debt. Like, there's no way this service comes in. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to be like, we'll keep it at right. 15 bucks. You know, <sighs> but there's also no way that they're like, well, we'll keep it two separate things. And like, you can pay 15 for this and you can pay exactly. 15 for that. And that's, you know, I, like, you got to get the whole package or you're not getting anything. And I'm like, that's a tough, tough sell. And I fucking pay for all these things. And I'm like, I don't want Discovery. Exactly. When you don't want a service. I don't want. I, <laughs> that's when yeah. you know. And the people that religiously watch 90 Day Fiance probably don't care about yeah, Will they pay 30 I'm bucks? I'm generalizing. That's so, that may not be a fair assessment at all. But like, yeah, like, I don't, it's, it's, it's wild. They're playing a dangerous game right now. And they have to, obviously, because it's so, they're in so much debt. But it's so interesting that all these services are like, really struggling right now after having like a banner year yeah. in 2020 and tw or 2020 slash 2021 and and now it's like everything's imploding all at once it's like what happened yeah. like is nobody does nobody look forwards and maybe the fact of the matter is that there is no you can't see the future and nobody saw any of this coming but i i find it hard to believe i mean we've been doing this pod for over a year now and the amount of times that we're like, oh yeah. my God, this is, they, dude, we did the pod yeah. at the perfect time. We have everything to talk about every week. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time, like every week we're sending each other's texts of like, uh, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's really like flabbergasting, honestly. And I won't be That's paying bonkers. 30 bucks for HBO or a uh, Warner media discovery plus yeah whatever like there's no way yeah. so yeah it's so weird it's it's oh so weird oh my god it's crazy i feel like that this is that's one of those ones that we will continually have to like loop back in and be like well guess what warner media discovery did this week 100 percent uh and it's yeah. very public so it's good for us yeah well it's publicly traded so it's all I know, like, it has to be out there in the open <laughs> all right Ooh. Let's bring it home. Let's do it. Recommendations. I do. At some other time, I want to talk about how they seemingly pulled, what, six random movies off of HBO for reasons that completely escaped me. I don't HBO Max but. originals that only went yeah. to Max that live nowhere yeah. else. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that at some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Um, all right, Josh, you want to tee us up for our recommendations this week? Absolutely. So in honor of Dan Trachtenberg's Prey, the new Predator movie, I decided why yeah. not talk about a movie where there's some sort of monster hunting people, just because I think that that's a category we don't often find ourselves in, and yeah. it can be up for interpretation. So I'm curious to see what you have. Mine is mine is pretty interpreted. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mine is definitely interpreted too, and I'm mine's controversial, but yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, shall I go first or shall you go first? I feel like you go first. I make you go first pretty often, so I can go first this week. Okay. Or you can go first if you if you want to. Um, go for it. <laughs> so mine is... Uh, hunted is like a strong word in this one. It's a loose um, it's more of just, criteria. <laughs> yeah, it's more of just like there's a monster um, kind of killing everybody. I like it. It certainly feels as though um, the characters are being hunted, though it... Anyway, too many qualifiers. Okay. My recommendation for this week is the 2008 film Cloverfield. Yes! I'm so glad I didn't... I was... I'm glad I didn't choose this one. <laughs> I love this movie. This movie's so good. This movie, I it like, produced by J.J. Abrams, like... One of those directed by Matt like, Reeves, <laughs> directed by Matt Reeves, like one of those things that like J.J. Abrams in his prime of like, I'm going to incorporate tiny little things here and there just to make your brain explode. Mm -hmm. uh, complete found footage. I think one of the first large scale found footage movies. Definitely the biggest kind of budget. brought it into the yeah, brought it into like the mainstream and people were like, oh well we should do that with everything now. And viral marketing and like I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Just an incredible movie. Like Monster Attacks New York and just 
incredible. I don't even know what to say. I mean, arguably launched TJ Miller's career before he ran it back into the ground. Definitely. (laughs) But like, it's told entirely from the perspective of someone holding a video camera uh, that was at a birthday party and then shit hits the fan. The production value and quality of it is incredible. Unreal. Of like, here are just explosions and like buildings falling and stuff. And it's all done from this point of view of this guy holding a video camera and like he just he'll like run into a bodega and like shit will happen outside the window and like i feel like similar to what they were trying to do in the godzilla movie yes where it's like oh you're like almost seeing everything yes um but really just like oh man the 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 hype around this and the like actual experience was so incredible and like yeah, the the monster, not really hunting them, but like they, but like do this whole thing and continually run into like the characters or into the monsters. So yeah. I'll, I'll 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 buy that it was hunting them. Uh, yes, yes, there was a monster and it was going to kill people. I a hundred percent count that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Franchise at this point, I guess uh, we've got three. Yeah. Cloverfield movies, um, Cloverfield, in a 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, there you go. Pull them back yep. in. Uh, and then the Cloverfield Paradox. Um, supposedly another sequel also coming. Um, Thank but God. Yeah, man. I I will never get over the experience of seeing this movie for the first time. If for no other reason than I watched this movie, I went to a midnight showing of this movie in Midtown Manhattan. Oh, dude. Which was like... In retrospect, the worst idea, because I literally walked out of the theater in the area where the movie takes place oh, yeah. and like everything's getting destroyed. And I'm like, and you're like oh, uh, okay. I need to be home now. So that is my. I saw this from this perspective. That <laughs> Literally, man. Oh, my God. I like I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I can feel the visceral reaction yeah. I had of like, nope, nope. Don't be outside in New York. Mm-hmm. But that is my recommendation uh, for this week. Josh, what do you got, man? Such a good one. In fact, I almost had 10 Cloverfield Lane as mine, and I'm glad that I didn't because that would have been too... It would have been the same. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, it would have been the same deal. Um, yeah. That's such a good one. Um, mine is super not like that at all. In fact, I had a couple on my list. The host, Bong Joon-ho's film was on my list. Mm-hmm. The, the film Crawl. Excellent. Alexander Aja's... Uh, also excellent, yeah. Crocodile film was on my list. But I decided to go with something that was not on... So, okay. This is going to lead into a conversation about Rob Zombie. But I'm going to talk <laughs> about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And I'm not kidding you. All because right. this was the movie... That made me go. I'm not a big Halloween dude. I think that the movies are like kind of. I'm like just run away, like just leave Haddonfield. Yeah, like just I don't get it. This was the movie that yeah. made me go. Oh, he's a monster. He's something. You, this is the 2009. Yes, the yes. Yeah, not the 81. No, okay, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is yeah. So it's Rob Zombie's Halloween too. And while I don't think this movie is a 100 successful. It was the movie that made me go, oh, Michael Myers is a monster. Like, he's, there's Mm. something else going on here. And if you know Rob Zombie, I mean, he's very much into the satanic nature of things, which is not necessarily supernatural, but something otherworldly is going on. And there's definitely something going on here. And once you get to the end, you kind of realize what's going on. And, but, it made me afraid of Michael Myers where I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's te- yeah. he's seven yeah. foot four or whatever. And he's towering over things. There's a sequence where he's tipping a van over and it's one of the most visceral memories I can remember seeing a movie. I'm just like, that scares me so much. Yeah. Um, He's not just a guy. Exactly. He's a true monster. And other times I'm like, he looks goofy in all the other hollow. He's just Mm -hmm. this lanky dude in like a jumpsuit and he doesn't scare me. And what separates Michael Myers from like Jason or Freddy is like, Mm -hmm. there's a level to them where there's backstory and also supernatural. So I'm like, they are already monsters. Just run away from Michael Myers. Like, yeah, he can't be killed, quote unquote, but that's not established. Like, it's not a, it's not a real thing. Um, And I think Rob Zombie gets a bad rap. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's the greatest like filmmaker, but dude, He's grindhouse, he's 80s, he's blood, guts, yeah. exploitation, nudity, 
witches. He he stays with like that. it or not. He has a yeah theme, and and yeah. I'm about it. And again, that's not my favorite genre, but I respect him so much for doing that. For being like, oh, I'll do a Halloween movie. It's gonna be a Rob Zombie Halloween <laughs> movie, and it's very yeah. much a disgusting Devil's Rejects House of a Thousand Corpses Halloween movie. And I just I mm-hmm. I it's my favorite Halloween movie by far, which is I think is gonna be a highly controversial statement but yeah it's 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 the most monster movie of all of these slasher killer movies and it made me afraid of michael myers honestly it was that was it so rob zombies halloween 2 it's so interesting i I, like in my head i feel like rob zombie's been making movies for decades no (laughs) but like how the house of a thousand corpses was what like 2003 yeah so i guess yeah decades but like but like barely like yeah i feel like he's been doing stuff since the 80s you know what i mean because his his thing is so i guess 80s yeah like 80s exploitation film yeah like it like his style is so based on like old an older generation that you're like well yeah it must just have come from that and he's just like continued to make that thing but no and like here he comes in 2003 and he's like you know what i'm gonna make yes i'm gonna make a 1970s exploitation horror movie yeah uh and it's gonna be great and yep. you're gonna think it's yeah that's a good choice man that i haven't i've have seen that movie i have seen that movie really which i'm proud to say yeah Hell yeah yeah um super not up your alley but not, i'm glad you saw not, it I, yeah yeah man um i don't know why i've seen that movie it's completely off brand, but uh, <laughs> so you know the scene when he's—it's it, obviously in every Halloween movie he escapes a van where it's shuttling prisoners and he's tipping it over and it's silhouetted. Yeah. Oh my god, that scene! I'm like, he's you're a, like, oh, he's a giant. He's he's, he's a gigantic person. He's yeah. This is not some you know scrawny teenager. And they reference it. There's a kid who goes up to him in the beginning, goes like, "Are you a, a giant?" And I'm like, "That's perfect." He's Yes, he's a monster. Like, that's what it yeah. is. And I'm like, so it's, yeah, so. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent recommendation. Thank you, YouTube. Our recommendations are dope, man. Dude, like, I was saying it to you today. Folks, check out our recommendation list. It's a good one. <laughs> our letterbox recommendation is a powerhouse of filmmaking. All killer, no uh, filler. Not to toot our own hone. Hone? Hone? Horn? Sure. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's bring it home. Clearly, we've been talking for far too long. Yes. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet and all my wild takes on Twitter at JoshFuller33. Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find all of my weekly watchings on Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. You can find me on Instagram where I post mostly just film photography stuff I do, and that's also at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internets uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox at WillisFilm. Uh, I have been trying to post more. I feel like I say that all the time, and then I'm like, well, didn't do that this week. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod, and you can find all of our wild recommendations, including Cloverfield and Halloween 2. Uh, yes. <laughs> on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters and do us a favor, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. We love to hear from you guys. Feel free to add us yeah. wherever and whenever you want. Uh, we will lovingly yes. reply. And uh, I think that'll bring us home. Definitely will. And since it's still, I think, 90 degrees out at almost nine o'clock at night. Yep. I think it's we hot. call it there, man. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it will cool down. As we, we're, yeah, I I like to think we've peaked for the temperature for the year, but say la vie. We will keep recording for you, dear listener. Exactly. Through the pain, we're here for you every week. Through the sweat. Through the sweat and the tears. Yes. All right, Josh, you want to, you want to deliver us home with the EOP? Sure. Absolutely. Well, it was good talking to you as always, my friend. Yes. And, uh, and a pod. 